0: Hello and welcome to the Marketing Meetup podcast. My name is Joe Glover and I want to say thank you very much for listening to this podcast today. Today we're going to be hearing from Teresa Brooks, from Teresa Brooks Coaching. We're going to be hearing all about the principle of perception. Now, Teresa, in this really interesting talk, discusses confidence in business and understanding how to work well with different types of people. Now, I know that this is something that should be easy on lots of levels, but also, is, you know, the reality of working in business is that you do meet different people and you meet people who are different to you and in your values and how you choose to go about things. And if you can actually find ways to work with these people, then all the better for it. So I really hope you enjoy this talk. Uh, before we get going, I just want to say a quick thank you to Bravo Marketing They're the folks who have been putting together the podcast for the meetup and I just couldn't be any more grateful because it really is one of those things that takes a lot of time and to have just brilliant people around really makes the world a difference. So Bravo Marketing are a creative agency who specialize in creating um, content, but far more than that, what really matters to them is the engagement piece, which is so elusive so often when you're trying to be creative with your marketing. If you'd like to find out more about them, head to bravomarketing.co.uk. Now, with all that said, all that's left to say is I hope you really enjoy this talk. Um, It's one of the ones from Bedford, so I wasn't even physically present, but I know I've enjoyed listening back to it. Thank you very much, and I'll see you soon.
1: So thanks uh, for having me here tonight. I'm really looking forward to talking to you all about perception. Um, and I thought if I'm coming to a marketing group, the last thing I want to do is talk about marketing and sales. So I thought I'd pick something different, a different element of what I do and talk you through that. Because with this topic, it's something that you can apply to yourselves, to other people. And it develops communication as well, which is what I work around. So as you can see, I'm Teresa Brooks and um, I'm a coach and I work with women mainly to help them to grow their businesses and sort of sort out their mindset issues and blocks And a lot of this is done through NLP, which works on patterns. So kind of finding patterns and interrupting patterns of thought and changing the way you think. So you've heard people say, you know, you are what you think. That's really what I work around in terms of that. So without further ado, when I say NLP, some people know what it is and other people say... NLP I think I've heard of that you know what is that so then when I say neuro linguistic programming that doesn't really tend to help either and they say well what's that so I'll just talk you through what that actually is so neuro obviously you know your mind your thinking processes um, and it's the way you use your senses to understand what is happening around you so you know when you have thought patterns you create neural pathways um, and that is the way that you think so linguistic Obviously, your words, your language, how you use it in communication and how it influences the people around you. And then programming, of course, your behaviour and how we behave as a result of all of that. How you organise your ideas um, and how this affects you and others. So that's how it works and that's what it means. And hopefully as we go further, um, you'll see how it all comes together. So perception. Really, it's the the ability to see, hear or become aware of something through your senses. And it's all about interpretation. And that's the biggest key word with this is interpretation. It's how we all individually interpret what is going on around us. And sometimes we'll interpret things the same way. And more often than not, we won't. Um, So it's the way that you regard or understand things. Now, I'm sure Barack Obama won't mind me using his photograph, um, but what, what happens is that we actually don't react to problems in our lives, we react to the perception of it, okay, so what we think that it is. So, I mean, I know I won't be the only one in this room to say yes to this, but have you ever had a conversation with somebody when you think you're talking about the same thing, or you think you're in the same situation, it's all perfectly clear, and then you discover that actually you're talking at complete cross-purposes, so it's, I have, as anybody else. I mean, if you if you haven't, I'd love to speak to you. Um, so you go round and round in circles with this, and you end up just being completely unable to understand each other, which will end in an argument or you know just a block where you can't move forward. Certainly in the workplace, and you think to yourself, I don't get it. How on earth can you think that way? How do you how do you see it that way? Okay. So these differences in perception can cause you know a lot of confusion and gaps. Between people that sometimes are not as big in reality as you may think they are so if somebody can explain something a little bit clearer or they say it a different way sometimes a penny drops and you say oh right I see what you mean and if you think about the language that you've used when you're saying I see what you mean you're seeing it from their point of view you've actually come around to how they think now this doesn't mean you actually agree with them and it doesn't mean anyone's right or wrong but it means that you see what they mean so By its very definition language is actually our biggest limitation Um, and just to sort of talk you through that you can see on there right only 7% of the message that we have is in the actual words that we use only 7% now that's really a very very small amount so it means that a lot of talking and a lot of words can be used with not a lot of understanding sometimes. So the rest of it is in the tonality and the physiology, which in NLP we call the calibration. So, you know, you calibrate people, you read them, their body (coughs) language. Um, And so if I kind of said, well, you know, tonight I'm going to talk to you about NLP. It's going to be really interesting and I hope you enjoy it. Um really, that's not as much fun or as interesting as tonight I'm going to tell you about NLP and how it can make a difference to your communications. So I've used the same words, but given you two completely different messages. And you know, when you can, you can see it, when you're talking to people, you know, you can see it in their face. And even though they might be nodding and saying, yeah, that's great, you're thinking... They're not with me here. Something is not right. So that's why it's really, really important to be able to understand your clients, other people, relationships, family, because you—you know—we're not just hearing um, enough information. So before we're even communicating, how do we actually perceive anything? So you know, we're all what we would call in a life event now, if you like. So we're all in the same situation. We're, you know, we're all in the talk. And we're taking it all in through the five senses that we have. Now we all have the same five senses, generally speaking, but we don't use them in the same way and we don't experience them in the same way either. So we take all of that in, and then in our minds, we we interpret it. And this is all, of course, fully automatic. You know, We're processing, we've got inner processing techniques that we use. Um, And again, this is not the event itself, it's what you're thinking about it, okay? So you could be sitting there thinking, I don't like the way her hair's moving. That really annoys me. I don't like her jacket. I don't She's quite irritating, really. You could be thinking that, or you could be thinking, well, this is quite interesting. I've never thought about this. Blah, blah, blah. And at the end, if you had a conversation, hopefully you would have all enjoyed it and got something from it. But you might have completely different perceptions of what seems to be the same situation and the same talk. So it's not the event itself. And your perception of this is based on your values, your belief systems, and your opinions. And these are developed from, you know, childhood, really, from years before. And they're all creating what we call the unique map of the world. So, of course, you see the little man there, he's holding his map of the world. And wherever you stood on position of that, you would get a different view. So everyone has their own unique perceptions. And how we process this information, the values, beliefs, and opinions um, are built from obviously our backgrounds, influences of culture, parents, their beliefs, educations, religion, politics, social groups, and then of course our own experiences, good and bad, and also the experiences that we see around others um, happening to other people as we grow up. And so, what happens is obviously our filters and when we get information that comes in, we get 70 million pieces of information a day. And I, I sometimes actually feel like that amount is going into my head. I don't know about yours. Um, and of course we can't possibly process it all we, we cannot so we have to filter it so our internal systems will do this and as you can see in the middle there um it will be generalizing it distorting it and deleting it and then there's some other words there which are um, nlp related but we're going to look at the generalized distort and delete and see what that actually means um, because we'll all do that in different ways so generalizing happens when we reach a, like a global conclusion about something based on maybe one or two of experiences that we've had. Oh, it's always that way. Oh, everybody's like that. Um, and that will be based on our own experience. But of course, you know, generalisation is not often that true. Um, so you don't pay any attention to the exceptions. You don't see the exceptions when you're generalising. And when you distort things, it's like a, a twist, you know, like a hall of mirrors in there. You kind of twist it around and hear what you want to hear and, you know, change it a little bit. Well, I, I, think, I think that's what that person said. And that will depend on your belief systems as well. So we kind of make, make it fit sometimes. And deletions, we all do that, you know, and people say, did you not hear what I just said? Oh, no, 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 I didn't. Because sometimes people don't think that's important or they'll delete certain parts of the conversation um, or omit things completely um, and it just fails to register and all of that is done in an absolute instant you know in in your mind um, so that's what our filters do for us so why does that even matter why are we even talking about this um, you know we are who we are and that's fine right but it's not because we are dealing with each other and we're running businesses and we've got families and friends and we want to get on with them everybody wants to do well So understanding from another position how somebody feels and how they see things um, is absolutely key to good, solid communication. Being able to move forward and get the successes that you want and to find resolution as well when you've got conflict. Um, That's a big part of it. And it doesn't mean that you've lost or they're right and I'm wrong, because actually when you can understand someone and see it from their point of view... It doesn't mean that anybody's right or wrong, because your point of view is not the same as mine. But somewhere in the middle, there will be some common ground that you want to fight. People end up defending positions. That's what happens and because they don't want to be wrong. But it's not about that. So got some shoes here. Everybody's got shoes on tonight. And I was thinking, well, you know, that's just a bit of fun, really, to think about if we all swapped shoes tonight, which don't worry, we're not going to. <laughs> but if we all swapped shoes tonight, OK, and I put Andy in my high heels, right, and I wore your trainers and, you know, you swap Some of them might fit a little bit and be like, I can manage with these, but others would be extremely uncomfortable, not suit you. Um, and you wouldn't wish to go be seen in public in them. So But when we actually stand in other people's shoes which of course we don't do we can start to get an idea of how they feel so we have three positions in nlp which called well there are more but we're going to work on three perceptual positions for better understanding, so first position is your own shoes. Okay, when you stand in your own truth, okay, you stand connected personally to yourself. It's the I, um, it's the first person. You're tapping into your own truth. Okay, you're totally there. This allows you to know what you want, why you want it, and what it's all based on because you know your own belief system, your values, and it helps you to develop a more assertive behaviour. Definitely not aggressive, though, just more assertive, which, you know, we do need to be assertive in business. Second position, though, is is their shoes. So this is the person, maybe your adversary or someone you can't get along with. Step in their shoes. See and feel that situation as if you were that person. And when I say feel, that's the most important part. Because if you can tap in to how somebody else actually feels you will suddenly get it, you know, because like I said before, the words are just not enough. So you can imagine things from their map of the world. How would it be if I was actually in your position? Okay, and you're doing all of this in in your own mind, of course, Um, and you seek to understand them. And then the third position I've called the spare shoes here, but is the observer. So you stand back. It's like a fly on a wall thing where you can see yourself. You can listen to yourself and the other person and start to observe. You can um, have concern in this posture, but you don't have the emotions of like position one. So for instance, if you're really angry and something's going really wrong, you do need to step back and observe the situation and not take your emotions into it. So you're in a position of analysis learning, you're getting a bigger picture and an insight. So when you can learn how to do this, when you find yourself in conflict and you find yourself in a situation where you're just not getting it, you can just stop and think for a minute and actually step around and use one of these positions before you get straight into it. And it can help you to navigate your way through. Now, as we do this and we do we do this naturally when people say, well, can't you just see it from my point of view for a change? You know, well, no, I can't actually. But, you know, maybe I can try to and I can move around and see it from your point of view. Because that's when you're going to be closing that gap that we were talking about. And this is important in business as well. When you're talking to your clients and you're wanting to connect with your clients, you don't want gaps. You don't want misunderstandings. You want clarity and you want to be able to understand what they need. That's what's really important. And understand where you might be going wrong as well. So you can then step back. But sometimes in our lives, we will use these positions a little too much in our own lives. And they can have some different kinds of effects as well. So I'm going to talk to you about the three positions and when you sort of use them excessively. So don't stay in position for too long, okay? So again, the first one, if you're constantly in the I, me, 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 my position, okay, you are going to eventually have a lack of understanding. Now, sometimes there'll be a lot of management uh, people that are stuck in position one and they never... Go to position two or three um, and look at what people think and what they actually want. And they end up with a lack of understanding about their staff. And you can become dismissive of other people's feelings and pushing, you know, for your outcomes at the expense of others, but really not realizing this. You can, you know, become overwhelmed by the emotions as well of yourself because you're constantly in self and you've got no self-reflection or awareness. So it can be difficult when you're the type of person that is constantly you you might recognize some people that you've at least come across. You think, yeah, you, you know, you are like that a little bit. The second position, of course, is when you're wearing the other person's shoes and you begin to over identify with somebody else. Okay, you start to absorb their feelings and their emotions, thinking about them first all the time, putting them in front of yourself, okay, at your own expense, um, giving them priority. This can be difficult because a lot of people might say, well, I'm just being thoughtful. I'm just putting somebody else ahead of me, you know, their needs. But actually what it can do is it can stop you knowing what you actually want. So when someone says to you, well, you know, how do you feel? What, what do you want from this? You're like, well, I don't know, just whatever is best for everybody else. So a lot of people can get stuck in that thinking they're doing the right thing, but they're actually losing touch with themselves and they need to come back to position one a little bit more. Plus the other thing is you can't think for people all the time. You can't do the right thing. That's when people will get upset. They're like, I'm just trying to do the right thing for you. I'm thinking of you. Well, don't come back and think of yourself and then you can, um, you know, adjust what you're doing. And the third position, when you're constantly observing, you know, how do you think that is? When you're just constantly observing, you're not actually involved in any situations in your life. You know, you're just looking at them, detached and from an objective point of view, all the time. So that can really uh, render you a little bit emotionless sometimes. And you know, if if you're f- just feel detachment, you think, well, like, you know, everyone stops, I have no idea why. You know, you're probably in position three far too much. And you find it difficult as well to be, you know, have any empathy (laughs) in a situation like that when you're constantly in the third pair of shoes. So you can probably, you know, all of us can identify with different areas of that and where we come from, people that we know. And it starts to make you think, well, actually, this is probably why, you know, these differences are occurring. So it's all about understanding. So all of this is about learning to see things differently, literally, to look at it a different way and find, find a new way. Because none of us are fully you know, matured and developed and evolved. We can always be better, we can always grow and we can always see things differently. So you know, never be so arrogant, as they say, to think oh, I know it all, I, I know what I'm doing. Because you, we don't, we don't always. So if you can improve the skills around your own perceptions, If you can get in touch with your values, your own belief systems, your opinions, if you can spend some time actually understanding yourself, you will then understand yourself better and that will help you to work with other people um, and understand them too, which is the whole point. So it will improve your communications and success in all areas of your life. Or you can just carry on exactly as you are and just be be who you are and have difficulties and really not know why things go on sometimes. But if you can apply some of this and think about it, the next time that you are in a difficult situation or you're not getting on with somebody or there's something at work, you think, I just don't know what you're talking I just don't get it. Think of it a different way, you know. If they've come from a completely different background, they've got, they're coming from a completely different viewpoint, just think about it for a little while. And you might find some pennies dropping as to why they're thinking that way and they're not actually out to get you or do something wrong. It's not always, you know, perfect and resolvable, but you can definitely start to have some conflict resolution and happiness if you can learn to... Uh, sorry. That's okay. Have a better perception of things. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> So anyway, that brings us to the end of the talk. I hope you've enjoyed it. You won't have enjoyed it. <laughs> well, hopefully it was all right. Um, yeah, so um, if you've got any questions, that's fine, but that wraps it up really about perception. Hopefully that's got you thinking about what you perceive and how you perceive <coughs> things. So thanks for listening. Thank Does anybody want to ask anything? Or? Anybody want to ask?
0: Do yeah. um, you find that certain personalities find it harder to adjust? So is it Carl Jung's got the DISC profiling system, yes. people that are yeah. higher in dominance, and other people can be higher in conscientiousness? So yeah. are the more conscientious people easier <coughs> to detach themselves and put themselves in the spare shoes people that are really dominant could never do that because they do
1: think they're right they are a natural leader and that's just inherent in them can you identify yeah of course well you know it's always easier to work with people that want To change and want to see things differently so when you look at the disc model um you're going to have people you know so if you've got clashes you're going to have someone that's sort of like you know dominant up there and they're more submissive in a different style that's certainly going to be naturally they're just not they they won't get along too well anyway because they've got completely different personalities but if they can actually start to see each other's points of view better by working on it, then they will form better relationships. But if, if someone doesn't want to change and they think they're right and that's it, then there's really no point even discussing it. But it's normally So you have to have a level of self-awareness. And sometimes if someone is very, very dominant, it's difficult for them to actually self-reflect and get that level of self-awareness. So you'll kind of be, yeah, beating your head against a brick wall, really, because self-development comes from... Self, so they they yeah, it, start, it starts with them, so yeah, hope that helps. Anything else? Yeah,
0: yeah, a lot of what we've been talking about is very much face to face conversations. I'm sensing it's not about the words, it's how you put it across, mm. and all of that sort of non verbal communication. Given a lot of communication that isn't on face to face, it's on, you know, email and mm. other sort of written, all mm. social stuff, yeah. Of, Do a lot of written, quick conversations with text. What have you sort of views have you got on that? Given this is
1: very much it's interesting because you can have the same kind of conflict in the email text situations, and I'm sure that's you know we've all experienced it where somebody will write you know a long flowery email with lots of you know elegance and this that and the other, and someone just replies about yes. You're like oh. Right. Okay. Thank you. But that is actually about the styles of people as well. So getting to know people on email and on text, you know, what you would do in different areas of NLP is you would start to mirror and match somebody in whatever form of communication they are using. So um, if somebody likes a little bit more extra, then maybe if you're the yes person, you could put just a little bit more extra in your next email. I think they're happy with that because then they feel like they've got rapport with you. Um, and so whatever form of communication you're using, and when you use matching and mirroring in NLP, you don't just like literally copy what someone's doing all the time, but you get into a pace with them, into a rhythm with them. So you feel like you've actually got a really good rapport. And as humans, obviously, we do that naturally when we speak. Like some people, you just straight in with that, you know, and you get it. Other people, you know, it's a bit harder, but you can get rapport with anybody really because it's actually about them, not you. Um, so with the texting, for sure. I mean, I I, I did some work with a um, a team, and one of the t- there was conflict between the two of them. One of the team members said you know, I'm really, I'm really polite to her, the designer. I write out everything that I want. You know, I put a little kiss at the end and I, I try and be as detailed as I can. And she's a very lovely, 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 you know, wants everyone to get on. And this designer, another woman just, just literally emails back. Yep. Now I don't like a yep. I don't know about you, but I I don't like a yep. I, I, I sense tone in that, but there you go. And she just puts that and she was so upset. She thought, I don't know why this woman doesn't like me she must hate me. You know, she's so rude. She must hate me. When they had um, sort of like a debrief and they actually kind of got this out, the woman was horrified and she said, no, no, I don't even think about that. I don't hate you at all. You know, I'm just busy and I like to be quick and I'm not that keen on email and I haven't got much to say. I just want to get on with your job. So the difference there was just a total misunderstanding in, in literally how they were typing to each other. Um, so, you know, if anyone has problems with texting and things like texting is like the worst because you start off OK and then someone's rushing and they give you a short answer. You think, huh, oh, right, going to be like that. And then you're funny. And they're like, why are you being funny? And off you go. OK, and that happens more there because you haven't got any of that nonverbal communication to work with where someone's OK and you know they're OK and they're just a bit busy um so you can just mirror someone's texting if they like a little bit more or a couple of exclamation marks you know, just kind of do the same and you'll find it stays on balance really so you can find the rapport even without the face-to-face but it is it is an issue certainly in today's world um so yeah hopefully that will help as well
0: Sorry, can I just Tom yeah that? In, in that situation do you advocate more face-to-face communication to get around that or do you work through better emailing and better texting or do you
1: just say look just speak to each other. Well, I always think that's best. I, you know, I think, you know, and I, I had a problem the other day um, with with some misunderstanding over something I was arranging for somebody else's business. And I was really confused by the situation. So I just, I just rang the person. But the person, because they'd been, like, firing away on text, didn't actually want to pick up the phone because then it was like, oh, I'm not going to actually talk to you about this. I'm just going to moan on text. So I didn't actually get to speak to the person. Um... So, you know, what I did was just apologise for any confusion, sort it out, and it diffuses it straight away. But yes, face-to-face is always better, because before all of this technology, we just used to walk along the corridor and go into someone's office and speak to them about it. And of course, you're still going to have your issues then, but it's much less likely that something's going to get inflamed face-to-face, but this day and age with with the digital world we live in we've got to learn to play nicely on the digital as well and and so i think a lot of people have spoken to me about that um and that causing conflict which really doesn't need to be there so but yeah face i think you know human contact is always best isn't it human conversation you can sort it out mostly <laughs> yeah thank you Brilliant. Right. all right thanks nicola thank, thank, you, thank you, you, you so much lovely mm-hmm.